Okay, today is a really interesting episode because we actually have some, we're doing something we have never done before, and that is have four participants in this episode. And I am crossing my fingers that we don't have any audio issues. Probably just saying that is a bad idea, but we have with us today Paul, who's our usual co host, along with me. No introduction necessary there, but why don't you say hello anyway, Paul? How's it going there? Good to be back, Clark. And um, we also have Mike, who has appeared on a couple of our previous episodes. We, uh, we tend to get Mike on any shows that we need to involve some controversy. Um, not sure that's going to happen today, but say hello, Mike. And Good to be here as well. Happy 2021. Yeah, yes, yes. And we will be talking about some 2020, 2021 type stuff. Uh, Ed Carrick also is joining us. Ed, you've been on the show before. Episode 19, Beach Blanket Babylon. One of the more popular episodes. Uh, Ed. Oh, thank you. Do you want to just, since it's been a while since we've heard from you, do you want to just give a, a quick introduction for yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Edward Carrick, and uh, I've been a friend of Clark's for over 25 years. We met uh, doing extra work at the opera and uh, done a lot of theater together and a travel together. I've been to Japan when he was there, and I'm very, very happy to be invited to participate. All right. Well, good. Thanks for joining us. So this is the first show. This is episode 40 of the We Talked About This podcast, and this is the first show for 2021. And I think it's probably safe to say many people have been waiting for 2020 to be in the rearview mirror. It's affected us in a lot of ways, um, some worse than others, but we're going to try not to dwell on that too much in this episode. What we did want to talk about to kick us off was what were the most popular search terms in 2020, according to Google? And you know, this list has been shared with all you guys, so there's no real surprises in that sense. Um, I think what I was hoping to do here was just go through uh, what those items are, and um, probably not a surprise to many of the of the listeners as to what the most popular search terms were. But, um, Ed, I know when we were talking yesterday, you thought this was an interesting topic, and you might have some specific things to say about it. Uh, well, I can tell you, I work for Toronto Public Library, and we've done a variation of this. Um, I'm not sure if it's still working or not, but there was a website you could go to that would lo- would show the popular search terms that people were putting into our website. So what people were searching for in terms of a library material. And um, there were some really strange things that would pop up, but at the same time, it would be very, very similar to any trending. But yeah, so we've done it um, uh, at, at the library. Um, and uh, I, I know people always have a curiosity of what other people are looking at and also drives. Well, okay, so it's no secret. I'm sure it's no surprise that the coronavirus is the number one most searched term in 2020. And that was followed by the election results. Number two was election results. And interestingly enough, when I did this search back in November, the number one search result was actually election, U.S. election. So this list in the last month even has bounced around a little bit. But what I found interesting about this list, and we'll share this in the show notes, is that the coronavirus, although it's number one on this list, there's actually two other terms relating to coronavirus that 
is in this top 10. So in the number seven position, you have coronavirus update. And number eight was coronavirus symptoms. So three items specifically mentioning coronavirus are, are appearing in this list. Then the other couple of the other items that are there, like Zoom, which was number four, Google Classroom was number 10. I would argue those were also coronavirus related because they became tools that people were using in the corona during coronavirus and everyone going to online meetings. So if you count those, you have coronavirus at number one, Zoom at number four, coronavirus update at number seven, coronavirus symptoms at eight, and then Google Classroom in the 10th spot. We have five things in this top 10 search list are all coronavirus related, which I think is quite telling. Well, it stands to reason. I mean, I don't think people have coronavirus news fatigue yet, um, but they certainly have, well, at least I certainly have Trump news fatigue. I mean, I could not care less. I didn't care less basically during the election. Um, And so that has really dried up. I know that that will become aggravated again as we approach the 20th of the month. But after that, I hope he just falls into some kind of black hole of Calcutta and we never hear from him again. Because I couldn't, like I said, I I maintain if the American people basically 50% of the American people voted for him, which to me is still a scandal as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Well, Trump tends to be the easiest way to turn this into uh, a very political episode, and I don't want to do that. So, point taken. I can't imagine Mike ranting against ranting for Trump, although he might surprise us. Yeah. So, like I said, let's steer away from Trump just, just for the sake of the Trump fatigue, as you mentioned. I think what stood out for me, though, was what wasn't on this list. I was very surprised that we didn't see Black Lives Matter or George Floyd in this, but for all we know, they're maybe 11th and 12th. For the amount of news that Black Lives Matter and George Floyd brought up, I was quite surprised actually that it didn't show up, that neither of those two terms showed up in this top 10. Yeah, I'm really surprised to to see that as well. The the fact that Black Lives Matter didn't even make the top 10, that, that is kind of surprising. And there's a few on here that were surprising, which I'm sure you'll talk about in a second there, Clark. And I guess it's important to note that the, the list that you have in front of you is a global list. Right. So I think we, we kind of take for granted our news being North American focused. Yeah. I guess if you really look at the, the whole, the, the larger global impact of, as to the, the true global news, the whole Black Lives Matter and George Floyd was relatively an American issue with, with the rest of the world taking interest in it. There's a few items on here which are very surprising because, well, there's one item here, number five, IPL. I don't even know what that is. But apparently, globally, it was pretty important. Do you know anything about that one? I meant to look it up. I actually meant to look at every term and make sure I knew what they were. Uh, Maybe one of the other guys can actually look up what IPL is because I don't know. It is number five on the list after Zoom. Um, I I looked at number six, which was India versus New Zealand, and I'm, I'm assuming that's a cricket tournament or match or something. It is, yes. Um, it- Considering how many millions of people are on that side of the world, it goes without reason that it must have been a pretty big deal. Yeah, so I looked that up before, and India did do a tour of New Zealand for a cricket match. It went from, I think it was like 
December to March. It was some sort of a cricket tour. So yeah, clearly with the populations of, of especially India, that search term was enough to drive up and the, the period of time involved since it went from January to March, I guess, gave it enough um, data. One thing that's kind of cool about um, the Google search, Google trends, if you do ever Google it uh, or look at Google trends, is if you click in it, into it, you can actually find out more information around it, like what months it actually spiked in popularity, whatever the term is. So I found that quite interesting when I was looking up, uh, for instance, a couple of in the actors list, I looked up a couple of actors names that, that were mentioned and they showed like July. And that was because in July, something that's when that whatever the news was about that actor broke. So it's a kind of a cool way to see when did the trending, when did it spike? And you can watch how it kind of goes throughout the year. Anybody have IPL and Mike or Ed? And- well, I'll, I'll give you a hint. The, it's it's related to to it to the one right below it or india india versus oh. new zealand so india india premier league okay indian, indian premier, Pre- league. premier league that's interesting that that shows up as five and and so so those two things occupied the fifth and the sixth position and again, I think it speaks to the popularity or just the number of people, you know, 1.3 billion, I think, in India. So naturally, if there's a lot of interest in a country like that, it's going to drive up the numbers. The, the one that I'm a little surprised with as to how it ended up as number three was, was Kobe Bryant. Obviously, when he his tragic death back in, I believe it was February, I can understand probably there was a huge spike in interest and that would have been right before coronavirus. So there wouldn't have been much else dominating the news headlines. Yeah. But for him to finish for, for, for that topic to finish at number three for all of 2020, um, that, that's kind of surprising. You think so, it should have be lower? Well, yeah, I, I would have thought I'm not surprised it's in the top 10, but I'm, I'm surprised it, it made number three because Perhaps there was such a, a spike in, in February that perhaps that influenced the overall 2020 numbers. I, I'm, I'm assuming so. Um, and and I, I, I guess there is interest in him throughout the year. Um, and we just talked about how the news, you know, global versus, you know, I guess the North American focus. Um, perhaps Kobe Bryant did have a, a global appeal. I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, I'm sure he did. And and I think also because the NBA was a big topic last year with Black Lives Matter and mm-hmm. with uh, the whole NBA getting started as other sports did, yeah. I think Kobe Bryant, probably memorial type stuff, appeared in some NBA broadcasts and could have potentially sparked people's interest in looking up the name as the year was, was going on. Yeah, that's true. And I, with, with Joe Biden on the list, I'm glad to see, well, Kind of to, to echo Ed's point, I'm glad to see that Donald Trump was not on the list. <laughs> That's a bit surprising, yeah. actually, in yeah. a way that he doesn't show up in, in this list. The reason, because people don't need no, to... No, doesn't, actually. Well, people don't... You Google Donald Trump? Did I Google Joe Biden? Well, it's a lot of... You'd be amazed at the stupidity of people with me at the top of the list. Like, I've, when I looked at that, basically, when I looked at that list, uh, how, how many things I actually had to Google... Now, speaking to the, the to geographical media attention, I will tell you this: the Americans pay absolutely no attention whatsoever, zero to media coverage that does not happen out of their country. It's proven. 
So, for example, if you speak to somebody in even in intellectual parts of the U.S., um, heaven forbid there are so few, but um, you will basically be amazed that if you say, oh, in Canada, this happened, they, all, they, they won't know what you're talking about, even if it was, um, it was a, a major news item. Well, it's, but would somebody in Japan know it? I mean, would somebody in Japan is another India? Country. Japan is a pretty much a closed country as well. But, but is no, someone I'm in talking India going to know that premier so-and-so did this or yeah i'm talking english the english-speaking world i mean the americans are very insular they're very isolated well and the u.s is also just south of the border too so that would yes i get your point any other comments on searches for 2020 what about what what are you surprised did not make the list well black lives matter and george floyd not murder hornets (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's something that did get talked about yeah, actually, the Beirut explosion would be a big one too. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there really was a quite a few things this year that were the, the mm-hmm. California wildfires were huge. Right. Yeah. Well, Clark, you've attached a list of news items. Maybe we could talk about that because there's some interesting ones on there. Yeah, I and mean, before we do that, let me just go back to Ed's point about search results because you can drill down, and I love this Google Trends thing. I think it's so cool. I actually took a quick look at United States search results for 2020. Number one was election. Number two was coronavirus. Number three was Kobe Bryant. So Kobe Bryant was third searches, third in searches in the US. There were a couple other names that showed up or things that showed up here that didn't hit the top 10, but ones that you could say, um, like Chadwick Boseman, that that was a big deal, uh, him dying. He was number ninth. PlayStation 5 was number 10. I didn't hear too much about PlayStation 5 from where I was sitting. Um, the rest of them are, you know, Zoom, coronavirus symptoms, Naya Rivera. I don't know who that is, but she was number eight. Yeah, I think she was an actress who, who died, if I'm not mistaken. Um, sorry, somebody was saying something before I, I stopped them. Was it you, Paul? Yeah, you were going to say something. No, I was just going to comment on, on the news items that you've included here, which is sort of a continuation of the, the Google searches, but I um, this list here, is this the, the top Google News items? Maybe you could yes. provide some background on this. Yeah, so the top 10 Google News items. Yeah, coronavirus, election results. We had Iran, number three, Beirut, four. There was one that jumped out in the news. I've never heard of it. The Hantavirus? Hantavirus? I, I had to Google search that one. I'd never heard of it either. What, what is it? So it is, it's a virus spread by rodents and it's flu-like symptoms. So maybe it's, it's related to coronavirus mm. or maybe there's symptoms that mimic coronavirus. Either way, I'd never heard of it. That's interesting. Maybe it's a big deal in other parts of the world, all I know. What about you, Mike? Anything that's not on this list that you were surprised about? No, not really. What was it? You mentioned a, 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 you said the wildfires and you said something about, what was the other one? A port fire or something? Oh, well, Be- Beirut, that was huge. I mean, when, when you think, there seems to be, the Beirut thing followed a, a pattern, if you will, of port explosions that happened uh, not too far apart in terms of, they seem like, uh, as far as cutting news, would concern that they were distanced. But if you look, you've, you've got the uh, Tangin explosion, which was a huge port explosion, then, yeah. that, then that one. Um they gave reasons for them, but I, I, I think there's something behind those. And, of course, there's 
seems to be very little investigation. Uh, I remember Donald Trump being the only person that came out to say that the uh, Beirut explosion was a terrorist act. Nobody else said that. Mm. It seemed like the entire world just fell into place saying that it was not. But uh, I have a, uh, the reason that amount of um, material was stored there is is it is a fairly stable material. Yes, it can explode, but you don't store 20 tons of it if it's not stable. Uh, so mm. it usually needs something to generate that high order explosion. You can't just set it on fire and it explodes. It's not like that. It's, it's like a lot of high order explosives. They need an initiator, which suggests that there might've been someone involved to actually make that happen. But I don't know. Mm, it's just, right. I thought it was interesting. That was like the third or fourth one around the world at that time. And, and Mike, being a pyrotechnics uh, expert, you, you know your explosions, right? <laughs> well, I know some. I would not call myself an expert, but I do have a uh, license and I can do certain types of uh, pyrotechnics in my uh, job as a special effects technician uh, in the film industry. But that's a whole other thing to, entirely. But it just it gives me an, a little bit of insight that maybe someone else wouldn't have. Yeah, as, as we continue on this list here... Again, a lot of a lot of news items that were related to coronavirus. I guess one could argue hantavirus as an offshoot of, of coronavirus. Stimulus checks, unemployment, that pretty much goes without saying. Black Lives Matter did make that list. Tesla stock was number eight. I'm surprised at that one. Uh do you know do you know this backstory behind it? Done its performance is uh astronomically positive if you own the stock. I, yeah. I know that, that Tesla has obviously done quite well in terms of their sales, and, and a lot of that is sort of somewhat related to coronavirus. A lot of people with disposable income are, are spending money on, on toys, people that are not being able to travel. I know of a few people personally that decided to take the plunge and, and buy a Tesla. So Well, off the top of my head, uh, the stock's up like 500 to 700%. Um, their sales are up maybe 30%. I did, someone could check these stats. I'm not looking them up online right now, but it's something like they sold 300,000 vehicles. Uh, to give that a little bit of perspective, like Toyota sells something like 15 million. So it sounds like a lot, but it's like it's a drop in the bucket. Their stock is needs to uh, their earnings to price to earnings ratio would require them to do the business they did this year for the next 160 years to equal the value of their stock which is something like 700 bucks it's nuts it doesn't really make any people are buying the stock based on a promise not what it actually is right now they think that maybe one day tesla is going to corner the market in uh, not only electric cars, but batteries for houses and space travel and space delivery uh, outside of NASA and international communications with an array of satellites around the world. And, 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 and none of which, I mean, these are all potentials, sure, but nothing is even close to being where it needs to be. So what so, you're saying is that Elon Musk is going to take over the world or something? <laughs> no, that's what people hope, I think, yeah. based on the stock price, because it just doesn't equal reality right now. So, I mean, it would be great if you had bought it back when it was 25 bucks. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't go near the stock right now. But 
that doesn't mean it won't double again. It, stocks don't always make sense. Right now, the stock market doesn't seem to make sense to me. But uh, it is what it is. Well, there you have it. That's the Google 20 searches. And uh, any final comments from anybody before we move on? Good riddance, 2020. Okay, we're going to move into something, I'd say, a little bit lighter. This was something that just occurred to me. I've been on this uh, Facebook page. It's called Growing Up in the 70s or something like that. And it's it's about things, nostalgic things that people will post about growing up in the 70s or being a child of the 70s. And I happen to notice somebody wrote, what was something you ate in the 70s that you don't eat today? Or, or what was popular to eat in the 70s that you never hear about. And so a couple of things popped out from there. There was pickled loaf bread, uh, pineapple upside down cake, um, peanut butter and banana sandwiches were, were a few. So I wanted to just kind of throw it out there. Are there any foods that you remember eating as a kid that you couldn't even imagine eating today or foods that you do eat today that you ate back then uh, maybe they give you a certain level of comfort or, um, and then just the overall phenomenon is, are there certain foods that just kind of just go away and fade out into obscurity? Ed, you, you, yesterday we were talking and you had said there's some foods you, you do like to eat cause they make you feel good. Well, I'm, I haven't done it in a long time, but I can certainly talk to foods that I ate as a kid. My mother would make Chef Boyardee on buttered toast. On it? Like Yeah. That was really something. Uh hot dogs with beans. These are luncheon meals. I mean, I try not to remember uh, too much dinner because my mother actually was not that great of a cook. And so dinners were always tended to be very, very plain and I didn't like them. Well, I mean, you're saying that she made Chef Boyardee on toast. Which is pretty much preparing. <laughs> yes, prepared. Yes. yes. Yeah. Is that, is that it? Is that it, Ed? Well, those were two that came to mind, yes. Um, but what but, do you think about the whole, like, are there foods that just sort of drop out of the decade or oh, yeah, period? That, that happens all the time. I mean, when's the last time you had a Black Forest cake at someone's house? Oh, but in the 70s. God, I hate it. Yeah, it was big. They were quite common. I remember that. I think I think confections tend to be more trending type things. For example, like, do you guys remember dip it sticks? Dip, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, you wouldn't find those now. Like, so even even um, chocolate bars or candy bars, um, you know, have had their their time. And definitely, there is a difference between what you can get in Canada versus what you can get in the U.S. in terms of candy bars. And I think there's also a trend away from kind of some of the, the processed foods. Like Eddie mentioned about the, the Chef Boyardee. Man, I used to eat that a lot when I was a kid. You crack open a can of Chef Boyardee or Alphagetti or whatever and make a nice, quick, easy meal. Alphagetti, yeah. Alphagetti, yeah. But kids these days aren't really, I don't know, certainly my son isn't not that interested in in those foods and i know it is it is very processed and there's probably a lot of sodium in there so but is some of that because you're not providing it as an option though like how would your kid know about chef boyardee no i i, I do ask i you wonder at the grocery store i'll ask you know is this something that you're interested in it's like a, a treat once in a while type of thing um but it, it seemed to be a staple 
as to kids' diets back in the back in the eighties or whatever. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Hot dogs. Hot even. dogs, yeah. I mean, boiled hot dogs too. <laughs> yeah, boy oh yeah, you're right. Now that I think the, of it. Tasty as um, a kid, but terrible as an adult. What about what about molds? Like aspic molds. When's the last Those time are more sixties. By the time okay. that my mother was cooking, um uh she wasn't doing she would make jello. Yeah, and Jello is totally out. That's a great, like, I don't think great I, example. Jello, yeah. When, who, I don't think anybody makes Jello. The only thing I t- time I think people make Jello is when they load it up with liquor, and you know, <laughs> you basically get it on cruise ships, right? <laughs> to get you wasted. My, That's true. My mom still makes Jello. She'll make it like a yeah, but she'll, she'll add milk to it, and it, it's like a, a recipe where it's like a frothy Jello type of arrangement. That's really probably pretty extreme. She's probably the last of the line. Yeah. <laughs> milk know? and Jello? I've never seen that before. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's actually really good. But like even stuff like the instant puddings, you, you don't really see them that much anymore. Whereas stuffed peppers, stuffed peppers, yeah, they're still around. Green. No, I know they're still around, but they were, um, I'd say. A once every three week item. Yeah. Back then, it would be a, a pepper stuff with some concoction. Ground beef. Uh, ground beef or rice or something. And I, to me, it's a once a year thing now at best. Do you guys? Do any of you have a go to comfort meal from your childhood that you you have every now and then? Ooh. Yeah, Ch- no. chicken fingers and macaroni and cheese. Uh, bean and bacon soup with toast but now i can't have toast anymore so just beef and bacon soup why can't you have toast i'm allergic to gluten oh when did this occur uh probably a year ago but slowly started ramping up in the past like the early half of this year and it's uh not just gluten it's also dairy ed but that's that's a whole other podcast Mm, jesus what are you doing like blowing the barn door off your bathroom or something (laughs) no um I just don't. Uh, I don't need that stuff anymore. Actually, I feel a whole the hell of a lot better for it. I'll tell you that much right now. Uh, I have lost weight. I feel better, but that's uh, that's beside the point. Uh, for me, it's peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I still once a year probably break one out and eat it, and I or or peanut butter and honey. I don't know if anybody had peanut butter and honey. Oh yeah, um, it's great no, stuff. never. That's a that's a one I haven't heard. I, of. That one gets some eyebrows every now and then. Peanut butter and honey. Wagon wheels. <laughs> yeah, but wagon wheels are really not that good. Like that whole... No, they're terrible. It's, it's interesting you mention that because there's so many foods out there, like those snack foods that you'd eat as a kid, like the uh, the Joe Louis and like the, those caramel yeah. cake things. And yep. yeah, there's yeah. so much stuff ah, now. Ah, caramel. Yeah, ah, caramel. Yeah, stuff that oh, you I love those. Like <laughs> a flaky... <laughs> Flakies, Twinkies. There was a big thing about Twinkies last year that the company stopped making them, and then then it turned into. Now we're all Canadian kids here, so um, if anybody listens to this in the United States, we had to watch your uh, American cartoons on the during the holidays. Especially the Charlie Brown ones would be always sponsored by Sara Lee Cakes, and we couldn't get those here, so we had to watch all these. Cakes and we had Sara Lee cakes as kids. Well, not of the same kind that they were showing in the ads, though. They had they had strawberry, vanilla, and chocolate. I seem to remember, and we would have them. Those are the the cakes that you got at the store. But there was these like um, little uh, packets, if you would, that would come as individual things where the kids could have them for lunch. Uh, one was like apple apple turnover kind of thing. Oh, yeah. One was like a cherry or strawberry. 
we didn't get those here. They were they were also in the ads of uh, comic books where some uh, villain would be destroying New York and uh, the Hulk and, and Spider-Man would throw them some of these Sara Lee cakes and they'd be happy <laughs> and then take them away. And I remember as a kid that fruit roll-ups were really, really popular. And I, I, I don't think you can get them anymore. I was never yeah, a big fan, but I knew a lot of people that really popular. Um, and just so you know, wagon wheels were actually uh, originated in Australia, Canada, and the United Kingdom. So I don't know that they ever made it to the U.S. So I was just trying to see if there was something that, uh, uh, like a comparable food that, but a wagon wheel was basically uh, two, one wafer with a, with a, like a cookie almost with a layer of, mu- layer of marshmallow and then chalk covered in chocolate. So mm-hmm. I remember one of my friends at school always had these in his lunch and I would barter for them <laughs> like, cause my mother wouldn't put these into my lunch. So that's definitely, a, that brings a lot of memories back for me as it was a, it was a, a highly touted snack in a kid's lunchbox that you could, you could really barter for, for things or trade. It was a high trade item in the, in the school lunchbox. Man, that takes back memories. Trading lunch items. Cheese, cheese whiz. That was another seventies thing. Cheese whiz. God, that's still around. Well, I really it it could actually be the stuff from the seventies still around. That <laughs> stuff does not get back. Yeah. It's horrible shit. <laughs> I'm more cur- I'm more curious about this bartering idea. Like, what the hell were you doing? Like selling your tail for a wagon wheel? Well. No, they're so when you got a lunch and you opened it up and then you saw the kids sitting yeah. next to you and you saw that wagon wheel in the pa- in the white package. Remember, it came in a white plain white package, and you looked down at your carrots and I don't know maybe a. My mother used to like giving me those. They were like a cookie that had like a jelly inside of it, and they're really sweet. And I the, didn't the peak friends. <laughs> Yeah, uh, or what else did she used to give me sometimes? Um, so the bartering, Ed, was just that maybe there was something you... I don't know, It could you could use it for a lot of things. Like maybe it was borrowing someone's baseball glove or something on at the schoolyard or a ball or something. I was going to say, when you barter, the one thing that, that had no trade value was healthy foods, like apples and carrots. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know something that my mother used to make that was highly touted at the schoolyard, and that was Rice Krispie Squares. Yes. Yeah. I was never a huge fan of them, but so I, it was great for me because when they were in my lunchbox, I was always like, eh. But there were kids who would be right on me about that. So that was a high trade item. I guess I never got, I never went through that trading phase. I didn't, I can make it stands to reason that it would exist, but yeah. Ed, you just trade your lunch thing for someone else's lunch thing. Simple. Okay, and then in and then in junior high, we had a cafeteria, so they stopped my you know home lunches stopped. So I I didn't have um, you know brought lunches after grade six. Sorry, did I what did I call the the food company where for Sarah Lee? Sarah yeah, Lee. it wasn't Sarah Lee. It was Dolly Madison. Yes. Now, okay, yeah, no, we didn't have Dolly Madison. That's why I, I was like, no, we didn't have it. Whatever they were selling, and the, Dolly yeah. Madison. And the other thing that would make it into Canadian advertising, and I can tell you why it did, was Carvel. Oh, my God, Carvel? I used to love that guy. I, I love... Hello, Carvel ice cream. It's it wonderful. It, wonderful time here. We got, <laughs> we got a special 14-layer cake here for all the kids. And uh, if you would get it, 
His name's Pussyfoot. Uh, Pussy, Pussyfoot, would you like to say hello? Hello, kids. Pussyfoot comes in a, a soft serve ice cream. It's delicious. Oh, I couldn't even do his voice justice. It's so gravelly and awesome. Google that stuff. It's going to be in the Google search. We'll find it. Well, they had molds. And those molds would be turned upside down and reused in different ways. Like, if it was done right side up, it would be like a pumpkin with a hat. But you turn it upside down, and all of a sudden, it's like a clown with a big nose, that type of thing. So, yeah, they were... Anyway, I never made it there once in real life. I always wanted to, but never did. Now's that part of the show where we talk about an unofficial sponsor for our episode. And Paul, let's start with you. You had a product you wanted to talk about today. I did. This was actually a Christmas gift that I got was um, wireless earbuds. I like to run just like uh, Clark, you and I both like to run. You can relate to this. Having earbuds to enjoy while I do running is something that was sort of on my wish list. And uh, my wife was always wondering how I could run without any kind of listening to music or anything like that. Um, so I've decided to join the 21st century and have uh, wireless earbuds for, for my, my running. Do you have a make for it or you still don't know? No, I, I'm not sure what the make. I don't think it's a, it's a name brand or anything like that. But wireless earbuds, just the, the product in general. I'm uh, very much looking forward to, to being able to enjoy this product. Ed, what about you? You had a product you want to talk about. Yeah, well, one of the things that happened with me is you comped me a week's worth of food from HelloFresh. So I've just finished making the last meal. And um, I'd have to say, you know, it, it, for like I, I registered for the two people meals. So there's plenty of food for one person. Like, you know, you can you have basically, um, you know, le- leftovers and stuff like that. Um, and if it, anything that keeps me from being obsessed or with uh, being addicted to order in is good as far as I'm concerned, because I got a bit of a problem with ordering in food. I just don't know what the price point is yet. I've just had my first box delivered, basically. I haven't checked my Visa to see what they charged it, charged me for it to make, to find out if it actually makes financial sense. Where would you order food in from it? Oh, Christ, you name it. You know my neighbor, because I moved, right, within the building? My neighbor basically said, oh, she's going to miss the smell of pizza going past her apartment, basically, as the, you know, delivery boys, basically. But I stopped actually ordering food around the end of the summer, and I noticed a huge difference financially. I see. I I never saw any of those uh, posts on Facebook. Of? Ed's famous uh, order in... um Oh yeah, no. I you get. I I don't post. I don't humiliate myself and post on Facebook. Basically, what I order in, I only brag about what I cook. But you know what? With COVID, I mean, like, I, as a matter of fact, with the exception of Mark, you and Carolyn were my last guests. Yeah, I think you're uh, you're gonna enjoy HelloFresh. I've been using HelloFresh now for about two months now, and uh, I really enjoy it because it, it allows you to cook meals that are maybe a little bit out of your comfort zone, stuff that you wouldn't normally cook yourself or, or wouldn't really think of as, as a recipe to try. Um, like baked Alaska? Well, yeah, there's some there's some interesting things in there that that can surprise you as to how good they are. There's some... Exa- examples, Paul. Um, well, there's like... You've got, you've got hundreds of people here wondering what the hell you're talking like about. Like pan-seared chicken meals and uh, like stuffed meatballs and there's all sorts of interesting stuff. Stuffed meatballs? Yeah. Stuffed with what? With with cheese. 
I make a stuffed meatball that would send you around the band. Well, if you want that, you just order from Hello Ed. All right, guys, we got to go. That's uh, that's a wrap. Okay, just all right. Before you, you, you uh, finish yapping your mouth, I just uh, I just noticed the posting basically for HelloFresh on my Visa. So it's eighty bucks. So for eighty bucks, that's yeah, it's 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 a uh, price points around twenty five dollars a meal. That's a lot. That's a little bit on the. On well, the when you consider that they shopped for you, they meal planned for you. They delivered it to your door. Yeah, but these are also skills that basically people should have, especially if they're a, they live alone. I, I completely understand it if you're a person who lives with a young family. And as well, it's twenty five dollars of reasonably healthy food rather than you know pizza, pizza or whatever you're gonna get. Okay, hello, fresh. I know you sponsor other podcasts, so be feel free to re- sponsor us. Great gift for Dad. Please visit your participating Carvel ice cream store, and while you're there, you know what else you can get them? Fuzzy the Wheel doll. Have a happy day, Dad. Thank you.